my notes and when I put my glasses on, then it's difficult to see the notes because of the distance. So it's like, a, it's quite weird. Every time I, I minister, I always have this giggle to myself. But, you know, this morning, um, I first of all want to say that as a church, we do life together. We do family together. That's who we are. And uh, I did some life this week, um, before I get to my message, with some of you in the congregation. I did some life with Neelan this week. Uh, it was lovely. He came and uh, we confessed our sins to one another, prayed for one another. You know, the word says we confess to one another and then pray about each other's lives. And ek het verskrikkelijk geniet. Ek weet, jy het my gevraag, het jy dit geniet, maar ek het baie geniet. <laughs> Nielens het die drijwe was lekker. Ek dink die gebed na die tyd, toe ons nou voor die Heere sê, maar yes, we could do so much better as husbands. I thought that was great. <laughs> and um, yeah, as doing life together, and then, you know, I know Lulu paints, but she's like, uh, husband here yeah, is her biggest fan, and he kind of opened the computer, and I was just blown away. I didn't realize we have such an accomplished artist amongst us. Mar. Like, uh, just to do life, uh, Neilan, with you this week, and then, um, you know, we uh, went uh, on a little bit of an event to a, a Blommerplas, he saw, and uh, it was so nice just to meet the rice ladies, and they'll know exactly who they are. Um, I'm going to mention them to you by name this morning. We have Ashley that really likes Zambian rice. We have um, Debs that's content to not have rice, but would like rice. And of course, we have Chloe that's very fussy about the rice that she wants in her life. And she, they will know exactly what that means. And you, of course, know nothing what that means. And Adi's looking at me going like, huh? But that's fine because we family and family sometimes share moments. And uh, don't laugh the whole service, please, Debs. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we, we, what I'm just highlighting to you is that we do family together. And um, I'm going to uh, preach on a, a portion of scripture in Romans 12 this morning, um, and I'm going to be talking about the normal Christian life, and I must be honest, I don't even know if the title really suits the message, but for about four weeks now, um, Romans 12 has been highlighted to me, and I've been reading it over and over and over again, and asking the Lord, what is it that He desires to say to you? My boy, hey Matt, hey son. Oh, lovely to see you, my boy. And so, um, yeah, I, I've been reading this, and I've been asking myself the question, what is it that the Lord wants to say to Wellington AM congregation? And I must be honest, Keenan, I'm not quite sure if I know where to land. I know I'm the elder and I'm meant to know, but I'm like, I think there are two things. There's one particular thing, and then there's one part of it that I think he just wants to like kind of highlight. You know, in, in um, this morning, uh, just posturing our hearts around the Word of the Lord, uh, I want to mention something about that. Um, we can come Sunday in and Sunday out and listen to messages, and we can become professional sermon tasters. So a professional sermon taster is someone that says, okay, Derek, we'll give you five out of ten this Sunday. You didn't do too bad. You're not quite Mike, but, but you're okay. But that's not the point, of course. I mean, we come here this morning to hear the word of the Lord. But we come here far more than to hear the word of the Lord. We come here, I trust, to do the word of the Lord. Now, I'm going to just quickly 
tell you what I mean about that. If you look at Matthew chapter 7, and don't have to go there, I'm just going to mention it quickly, but I'm going to just read something about wisdom in the way we posture our hearts in receiving God's word, because God's word is holy, God's word is true, God's word is powerful, God's word is pure, and we mustn't become familiar with the word of God and just come and sit here and listen, but we must posture our hearts, and it can be quite difficult when we're nearly up at over 30 degrees and things like starting to cook, and that's why I decided to preach early so I don't faint halfway through, but, but I want you to to, to posture your hearts, and it says this in Matthew 7, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And then it goes on to say, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And wisdom in Christ is marked by those who do or don't do the words of Jesus. Wisdom in Christ is marked by those who do or don't do the words of Jesus. And I love the little story about this Italian man talking about wisdom. I mean, we all face difficulties in our life, or is it just me? But we face challenges around our businesses, what to do, we're praying, asking God. And I love the little story about this Italian gentleman. He was a God-fearing man, this, the Second World War, and he'd just come out of it, and he was living in his little town. And he decided, well, you know, what, what can he do to provide for his family and for his children? And he decided he'll open up a little grocery store. So he started to sell pumpkins and potatoes and spinach and every bits and pieces from people's gardens and he would sell. And he started to do quite well. And he did so well that he started to prosper. And of course, people in the town became envious of him and jealous of him, Kenan. And so the Greek decided, but hang it in a moment, if he can make money, so can I make money. So he opened up a grocery store right next door to this poor Italian man. And he started to sell vegetables and green grocers, what all they do. And of course, at the end of the day, what did it do? It really challenged this little Italian man's faith. Because now he needs to trust God to sell his potatoes faster than his Greek friend next door. But he's also challenged because he's got to love his neighbor as himself. And so, you know, he, you know he's, he's, he's being challenged. And at the end of the day, he just went before the Lord and said, oh, Lord, you know, bless him. But then his wildest nightmare came true when his Turkish colleague decided, but now hang 10, if the Greek and the, and the Italian can do this, I'm going to open a great, and I'm just going to open on the other side of this little Italian God-fearing man. And remember, we're talking about wisdom. And he opened the store, and this said, did it say liver? Total and all, at that point, he was finished. And he was saying, God, I'm, they don't even serve you. I serve you and whatever. Lord, what must I do? And he went before the Lord. And the Lord said to him, I want you to paint something and put it above your shop. What is that, Lord? And the Lord said to him, just paint main entrance. <laughs> you see, we need the wisdom of God in our lives, 
in our marriages and in our businesses. But maybe I should start to preach eh, because I'm now just, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, James says, but be ye doers of the word. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, but be ye doers of the word. Do the word of God. Don't just hear it or listen it. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at Romans 12. Um, and there's a lot of directives in, in Romans 12. And a directive is an order or an instruction by a higher authority. And this is Paul, the apostle, speaking to the church in Rome and giving them directives on their lives. And so I want to just um, quickly look at Romans 12 and I want to just start to read from verse 4 because this is kind of the one area I felt the Lord wanted to talk to us a little bit on. Um, and then I'm going to kind of go over to what I feel the main thing is that the Lord is actually saying in it. If I'm right, Michelle. Um, if I'm wrong, just let, let me be at work. So Romans 12 verse 4. Here we go. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So you sitting here don't all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. So we have different gifts, we have different functions, and we have different grace that God gives us. Let us use them then, these gifts. If prophecy, let's prophesy in proportion to our faith. If service... Let us serve in teaching. The one who teaches, teach. The one who exhorts, let, with exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing order. Do you see all the directives? It's like almost commands, instructions that Paul's giving. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And um, so in looking at the gifts, just for a moment, I felt the Lord want to, to highlight this amongst us, that we, we are many members in this body as saints. Um, and we, we function in a certain way internally in the church. So the gifts are talked about internally, and the acts of service are talked about externally. So it's how, we, how do, how do we, 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 we operate in the church, and then how do we operate to the outside world? And we don't come here on a Sunday morning. Well, I hope we don't come here on a Sunday morning to just partake. In other words, we're here to hear what Mo says or if Keen preaches or whoever. But we're here to bring and, and to bring our gifts to the Lord in those various areas. And I, I trust as you mature in Christ, you find those things that God has called you to do. So if you're coming here on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday, and you come to, to, to worship, which is good, to hear the word, it's good, 
to do the word much better. But if you're coming and you're not bringing in yourself, preparing something in your heart. So how you should be postured is I stood over here and I said, Hendrik, I think you should preach this morning. Won't you just join me uh, for a moment and tell me the congregation what you believe God is saying. He shouldn't be like, he should have been prepared to come and bring something. Of course, we would have recognized the grace gift in his life, maybe of teaching something to this congregation, and we would come to hear what he has to say, and not to only hear it, but say, do it. Say, we are doers. Oh, it's just feeling better. I just needed that. So, so, so we hear as the house of our faith to serve God, and the way you serve God is by bringing your gifts and operating in your gifts. That is how you serve God. You serve God. You bring your service to God by operating in those gifts. And the gifts, some of them are very spiritual, but some of the gifts are just gifts like exhortation or encouragement. And, and that's why sometimes we ask people, man, just turn to someone and encourage them. That's a beautiful gift. This isn't the most important gift, hugging the mic, you know? It's not. It's, it's, I'm, I'm an elder in the life of the church, most probably the least of them on a theological basis, but I'm here, and I had this funny thought this morning to, are we in the tribulation or not? And I decided, Kiru, it's probably all because you've got to listen to me preach, you know? So, I mean, that's a sure sign that we're there. But, but the reality of it is that, that at the end of the day, I bring my grace gift, which is Derek, and, and what God has put in in me, uh, and I bring it to the congregation, and I share with you, but not just from up front behind the mic, but when I'm meeting one-on-one -on -one with you, and sharing with you, and hopefully encouraging you, and exhorting you. There's a, there's an, a gift within that, which is the gift of serving. Um, in our serving, we serve the body of Christ. And a beautiful example that I want to use of serving the body of Christ is Tennis this morning. And now Tennis is like, who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? No, you. Is that, you know, Tennis is busy uh, painting the outside of this building. It's a lot of hard work. But he comes and he serves well. And what I love about his life is how well he serves. Because people say, geez, you see how early he is here? And he leaves late. And when I see him, he's not conducting the choir. He's got a broom and a whatever, and he works hard. And he's older than me. I say stuff. And he can teach the young men something, but he serves well. And that's a gift in serving the church. In serving the church, it's a gift that he, he does in, in service to us. And in it, he also gets blessed, but he serves us so well. So don't get in us. I love the way you serve. Really, you are an outstanding example of a young man, of an old man that really works well and hard. And that always blesses my heart. I suppose a bit of my business lean. I love it when people work well and work hard. And you know, it says, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, anybody want to be great in God's kingdom? I know the disciples fought over who sits on the left and the right. They thought that was being great. No. Learn to be what? Servant of all. Galatians 5 says that you were, are through love meant to serve one another. Through love. 
one of the, the, the grace gifts is the gift of generosity or liberality or be able to give. And some of us operate in that gift. And God has given to some of us more than to others. But it's for the sake of the church and the sake of the saints. And don't cover another man's gift because that's not what God's given you. The gift that God has given you is important. The gift that God has given you is important. Every member playing their part. Every member contributing to the household of faith. And I'll be honest, I, when I look at some people in the congregation, this and maybe not in this congregation, now in this congregation, I feel just come on a Sunday, they float in and they float out, and they never really contribute, and they're just there because this is this is how we do it. I feel you're missing out on so much that God has for you. You really are. You're missing out on so much that God has for you. And you know you're going to live and you're going to die. And you're going to stand in front of God and your fruit basket is probably going to be like one little driver koroki that by now is shriveled to a raisin. And that's the only fruit you're going to bring to the Lord. But, you know, thank God, as long as I get into heaven. And I don't think that must be our attitude. I think we must be responsible with what God has given us. And bring and, and share and, 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 yes, I love it. I love the gifts. When Kenan gets up and worships here, then, you know, is there an eighth heaven? No, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I just love it. When he worships, he's a gift. It's what he does. He, he, he flows so easily in it. I love to worship with him. He's never invited me to sing with him because he's heard my voice. But I, I have a differing opinion. I think I can hold a tune. But I love it, you know, because his heart is in it and he's a heart of worship. And he brings his gift and he serves. And I think every one of us should bring our gifts and serve. I want to remind us in, and, and this is like I said to you in the beginning, there were two things I felt the Lord wanted to highlight the morning. And this morning, this one thing is just a bit about the gifts. And if you go and read Romans 12, there's a huge amount of it. But I feel I've said enough about that. I want, to, I want to talk about and move on to what I feel the Holy Spirit was particularly highlighting. And it's found in verse 9. In Romans 9, it says, have we got it? Ingrid, we don't have it. Ingrid's shaking her head. 12.9, Romans 12.9. It says, let your love be genuine. It starts off. Let your love be genuine. Let your love be sincere. And the normal Christian life deals with the way you act to each other. It talks about how you love one another. I think if the Apostle Paul was here this morning, or most probably John, let's use John, I think he's a better example. If John was here this morning, he would stand up and say, brethren, love one another. And that would be the full extent of his message. And some of you people that really love the deeper things of the Lord would be sitting over here going, okay, give us the deeper revelation, John. And he would just say, love one another. Because that is the deeper revelation of the Lord. Love one another. Love is one of the key measures in which you measure an authentic New Testament church and its Christ-likeness. We are often measuring our church as elders and leaders to say, do we, do we exhibit a 
true authentic New Testament church, and it would be exhibited by our, not only Christ-likeness, but by our love for one another. And I want to ask you to love your family well, to love your church family well. You know, this weekend I was invited by Auntie Tess and Uncle Ian, myself and my wife, uh, on Friday night to come and share a meal with them. And I'd heard rumors of her great culinary skills. So I had quite an expectation coming, I must be honest. And I was really excited to spend time with Ian and Tess as pillars in this congregation, as anchors in this congregation, as people that I love. And it was so amazing. Myself and Teresi came to their house and there I saw love serving one another. There I saw the gift of serving. Timus was serving in a way and I saw how Auntie Tess and Ian served us. And how we sat down in their home, and as family we always bring something, so we brought minimal, but because they didn't want us to bring too much. But we were, and we sat down and we spent the best part of two hours, eh? I would say, just sitting around a table, sharing life together, me telling them some of the stories of my life when I was a real naughty boy, and what that looked like. And Auntie Tess was shocked that I would even think of stripping a film out of a traffic officer's camera so that I didn't get caught. She was shocked by that. Did I just say that? Oh, my goodness. I was very young. Huh? I'm just going to put it out there. And, and, you know, and then we started to share our story of how myself and Teresa got together. They've never heard it before. And, you know, halfway through, Auntie Tess looked and she just says to me, I just feel like we're on holy ground. There's such a presence of the Lord in this room. There's such a beauty. There was such a... And they, they were... She was crying and I was crying. And, you know, and there was just such a tender moment, and what I'm talking about that, that is family life. And you heard me started talking about the Zambian rice, and you heard me start talking about us confessing our sins to one another, and, 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 and you think, why, why am I saying this? Am I just making up time? No. I'm showing you examples of how the church of Jesus Christ is to act one to another. What does it look like? We need to be in each other's space. And we need to be serving one another in love, whether it's a meal that we serve one another. It's a beautiful um, painting that we, pick, that, that we paint. And eventually, as we serve one another, as we love one another, then all the colors come out and that which is portrayed looks like Jesus and looks beautiful. And I want to ask you this morning, just two areas. I want to make two statements. The first one I want to make is... In loving one another, start by loving your wife. Let's start there, gentlemen. Love your life, your wife, life. Love your wife well. You know, 15 years ago, I was in the hall sitting over there at a table, and my very gorgeous 29 year old wife was sitting next to me, and this is the hall that we had our. Reception, thank you, my precious. And I remember I bought a big bouquet of red roses, and I remember calling all the single ladies up, and I didn't throw roses at them, each and every one of them. I particularly, as the groom, handed a rose to them and said to them, 
I trust that one day you'll find the love that I have found and that I pray that God will add to your life like he's added to my life. As I just handed out roses, and, and, I, and I remember getting married in this hall, and it's now been 15 years, and one of our focuses and passions in life is to love one another well. And I, I want to say to you, gentlemen, it starts by you. I'm just going to say that it starts by you. And if you're not doing it well, ask Jesus to give you the grace to love your wife well. Really. Women like to hear mooi woordkies, Nelusha. Dis die realiteit. Tell her how much you care about her. I believe Jesus is telling you this. Honestly. Ek het nou nie die preekje opgemaak nie. Ek noem het maar net vir jou. I really say, Lord, what do you want me to tell them? And I felt him say, highlight this thing, just touch on the gifts, and then, but Derek, really land on, settle on, brood over. Go and sit on this thing called love. And tell the husbands, love your wives well. Because it's an instruction under the final authority of Jesus Christ that says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And if you are not under the authority of Jesus Christ, you're not saved. You need to know that. You can believe in him. You can talk about him. You can see it as by for Jesus. But if you're not under the authority of Christ, in other words, you're not living doing the word of God. If you're not living acting out the word of God, if you are not loving your wife like Christ loves the church, as an elder, I need to tell you this, that you are not living under the authority of Christ. Something went down. What happened? Is it gone? One, two, there we go. So husbands, love your wives well. Don't get to the place where you say, if only she will change. No, you need to change. God gives you the responsibility. You need to say, I need to say that. God gives you the responsibility. Be thankful to God when you wake up in the morning and there's someone lying next door to you, be grateful for every moment. I love to in the morning when I wake up and gaan my handjies oor die bed, dan voel, 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 en my handjie is so klein, dan as ek het vasthou, dan sê ek vir haar in my hart, ek is lief vir jou. I'm so grateful to God that you are in my life. I can't believe that I'm that fortunate that God would give me someone as beautiful as you. And as amazing as your life is, and I'll pretty woman feels in a bit awkward, but just now my take one for the team, my lovey one. One, I must practice for your man to see. But as you're not so wakker word nie, why you a deep intense lift for your vrouw it nie, then say no for you. Don't get super spiritual and want to read your Bible and pray, but you do nothing of it. I have a pet 
dislike to super spirituality, and I'm not having any problem with being spiritual, but it is spiritual to cultivate thoughts of deep, sincere love and devotion to your wife. Just remember, before you look for the barnacles at the bottom of a boat, consider your life. And consider how much God has to do in you to change you. So really, I felt the Lord really just highlight this thing for me. So for you, love your, to love your wife creates what? Unity. Keenan mentioned it this morning. Unity. Loving your wife creates unity in your family. Loving your children creates stability in your family. You would have noticed this morning when my eldest son walked in the door. I don't just look at him. I acknowledge him. I acknowledge him. He's no longer here. He popped in. He, was on, he lives on the ground. But I acknowledge him. Why? Because I deeply love him. Tim, he knows it. What did I do this morning, boy? Walk down to the kitchen. He's sitting. I put my arms around him from the back and hold him and say, and I sing this silly little song. I said, you're my son. You're my moon, you're my Jupiter in June, you're my galaxies, you're my stars, you're my sun, and I love you, because I always play on the word sun. You're my sun, and I love you. You see, because when you love in that way as a father and as a mother, you create stability in your home. When you love with this deep, intense love, and, and, and you, you create stability in your home, you know, when, when you are to love God, I, I mean, just in worship, sometimes I notice how some of you really struggle, in a sense, in the way you kind of... I'm sure there are people standing here that would just love to raise their hand, but they just don't want to do it, you know? And I'm going, man, no one's looking at you. Just be reckless. Abandon yourself. No one's watching. No one cares. And you're not doing it for them anyway. You're worshiping the king. If you bow down, whatever you do. And I feel sometimes in the way we love our, uh, our wives, the way we love our children, in the way we love each other, is what the Lord Jesus wants to just... He just wants to touch on it a little bit. And loving one another something in simple matters. Just being kind, appreciative, Honoring. Don't just. If you're in this church and you just walk past people, by a means that stop net for by my the yellow tide. I wonder if just what did they do? You know, is it the, you know, is it the is it the deodorant or 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 do people perceive me that I'm this hard businessman? You know that I'm this. But take time to actually get to know me, like Neilan does. It's okay, Neilan. My net net, yeah. For Englishman. It's okay. But, but learn to be, be excited about your family around you. Take time. I had such fun with these three girls yesterday. You know what I appreciate about them? I'm an old toppy. They don't have to laugh at my jokes, but they do. Well done. Do you know, they, they, they're intelligent. They, they're clever. They're sharp as a menorah blade. You've got to be so careful when you're around because if you say something, they're going to... You know, I was like, Whoa, I better bring my A game. 
you know? And I teased Chloe, you know? It was such fun. No German rice. So, I'm just saying that I feel the Lord wants us to just love one another. 1 Peter 4, 8-9 says, we can get that up, Ingrid, eh? Above all, above all the great mysteries of the faith, above all the great deep revelation of Ezekiel's third wheel, above all, keep, keep loving one another earnestly. Jy het nog hulle taak Nee, Lushal, jy gaan my earnestly moet lief hee. Jy gaan die ding bevoor die jyde bring. Want, ek is nie altyd noodwendig die makste, makkelijkste persoon om lief te hee nie. Maar ek is nogal ok. Ek noem het maar net vir jou. So, just earnestly, love one another. Because you see, love covers. It covers. Cover one another. I need to tell you, you all aren't that amazing. Neither am I. But love one another. I love you, Michelle. I can't help myself. She sat around the fire last night with me and rebuked me. And you might think now, what is it her job to rebuke an elder? But you know what? She did it so well. Yes. Okay, so she's got that added advantage that she kind of knows me better than all of you, you know, but she kind of pulled me up on something and I kind of defended myself, but I realized this morning, okay, she's right, I'm wrong, maybe I just need to adjust. But I love you, Michelle. Love you for who you are. People might misunderstand you, I don't. People might think what they want to think, I don't. You rough around the edges, that's okay. Ex liefer I rough edges. Love one another, people. God wants you to love one another, people. God wants you to genuinely, sincerely, devotedly love one another. Above all, have fervent, unfailing love for one another because love covers the multitudes of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. In 1 Peter 1.22 it says, having purified your souls by your ability Obedience to the truth. Look at that. Purify your soul by your obedience to the truth. You see, you can know the truth, you can hear the truth, but if you don't do the truth, you're not purifying your souls. You're not, you, need to be, you need to be obedient to the truth. You've got to obey the truth. Just as I have loved you, with the measure that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you, you are to love one another. And by this, the whole world will know that you are my disciples. So, my prayer this morning is when I look at Wellington as a church, and I've been here three years, nearly three years, we, we are known as a church that 
really worships the Lord. Some of you will see it, and for some of you it's a bit weird. Want die jongmense, en nie net die jongmense, die, die rede, ek betek hier nie op die vloer leen, nie weet ek, ek kan weer opstaan nie, maar, maar, maar the young people will lie and worship the Lord, and others will jump and worship the Lord, and you know, this morning I knelt, and my gut too, and ek kan hom voel, nou ek hom gekniel het, maar, but, but the reality of it is, we're known for the way we worship the Lord in, con- in this congregation. In actual fact, in other congregations, when they come here, they go, man, we are worshippers. And that's beautiful. And I love it. Maar, dis nou die love sandwich, net kienen, hy kom my nou. Maar, dis a maar. I personally, as an elder, am not overly concerned about how loud you shout, or how high you jump, I want to know how straight you're going to walk when your feet hit the ground. What do I mean by that? While it's good to jump, and you should, not should, might, you know what I mean. Keenan, I'll let you preach on worship. Ex-frot. Ek moet nie daar gaan nie, nee. Ek gaan die salving verloor, broer. But, but, when your feet hit the ground after jumping, can you deeply love Debs? Can you deeply love her? And she's strange. No, she's not. But can you deeply love Debs? That's my point. I think if we to just x-ray quickly on our hearts as to how critical some of us are, even towards me because I kind of get the feedback at the end. You might shock you. And that's not what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to deeply love one another. I don't want to be known as a congregation of worship. I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. In other words, I want to be known as a congregation of worship, but I want to be known as a congregation that deeply loves. I want to sit at the table with Ian and Tess shed my tears, joy her food, hear about how they met, talk about their struggles, talk about my struggles, and deeply walk away knowing, man, I was loved well. I have this joke with my wife. I sometimes say to her, I'm going to hang a little pork choppy on my neck that the misery under my select. When I'm feeling miserable, <laughs> when I'm feeling unloved, and you all need to be loved, every single one of you needs to be deeply loved. And I want to tell you, if you want to be spiritual, because a lot of people put spirituality as a prize, if you want to be that, then learn to love well. Maak jy moinkies toe, wanneer jy gedagtes het, wat nie mooi is omtrend iemand nie, en veranderde denke, dink waarover wat jy gaan sê, and love them, because you are all different, every one of you are different, I used to love it with my family, sometimes we live on the beach, and I grijp ek al my kinders en my vrou, and I think it's about 206 human bones in the human body, and I leek daar en sê ek, I love these bones, 
because I just love them, you see. I love everything about them. And we can walk on the barnacles and the issues and the quickies, but, but, but for me, I've set as a goal in my heart, in my heart, however God, long he, 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 he keeps me on this earth, that I'm going to build my life, the wise man builds his house upon the rock of Jesus Christ, I'm going to live my life with this in mind, that I will love those that God has given me well, and that I will reflect Christ in some way in the love that I have for people. So, I can not a little bit of water drink, and then I can ask a response from you. I'm, I'm hoping this morning that you, you're feeling and hearing and sensing what the Holy Spirit wants to say to the Church of Wellington. I sincerely hope so. I, I sincerely hope that you hear the exhortation and the encouragement by the Spirit of God to hear and to do. To love one another. And all the subcategories that I've mentioned this morning of family, children, wives, friends. Even with your friendships, learn to love your friends well. They're not always going to be there. They're not always going to be there. On a Saturday night, when I want to drive up the hill to have a choppy with Frankie, he's not there. He moved on. I should have a bone to pick with him one day about that. But, but you see, I can't love him anymore. He's not here. So what, I can love Shelley. Because when they were together, I loved them. So that, you know, I can love her. But love your friends. And if you don't have friends... It's probably because you're not being friendly, because that's what the Word of God says. But I just really, after a month of reading Romans 12, I just said, Lord, what is it? Which, which part of it is? And he did highlight the gifts. But then he said this to me. You can have the gift of prophecy. Gifts. But if you have not love. And then he said the same, but you can have the gift of faith. Gifts. But if you have not love. And then he says, you know, you can have acts of mercy. Shirley, you must testify with acts of mercy. Michelle was three weeks ago in a refugee camp in Malawi. She came back from serving in a refugee camp in Malawi. We tell you, it's the poorest nation in the world. A refugee camp looks like in Malawi. That's called acts of mercy. And I want you to be frustrated if someone has something to Michelle to say, then I think, oh my hat. You have something to Shelly say, but you go and live out acts of mercy in a refugee camp in the middle of Malawi. I might listen to you. Hear what I am saying and not what I'm not saying. Love one another. Believe the best and see the best. 
love one another. And so, yeah, this morning I don't want to prolong anything more than what I've said. I really feel that I've delivered what God wants to say to us. I think it's something that's quite meaty. I think it's something that we need to not just move on uh, and just forget about. But let's all audit our lives this morning. Can I ask us to audit our lives this morning? Can I ask us to, just for a moment, where are you sitting? I'm going to pray for us um, in, in, let's just ask the Lord, are we loving well? Are we serving one another well? Jesus, do we really reflect you well, Lord? Jesus, does this church bear the image of Christ? Jesus, do we, do we love each other with sincerity, genuineness, genuine? Yeah, Father, Lord, help me to love these people, Lord. Help me to see them right. Help me, Lord Jesus, to love those that aren't that necessarily lovable. Help me, Lord. Help me, Father, to love the unlovable. Help me to be different, Lord Jesus. Help me to be somebody that, that reflects the Lord Jesus Christ in the fullness of who he is, which is love. Help us, Lord Jesus, I pray this morning. I wonder if we could stand for a moment and Let's just stand before the Lord this morning and just take a moment.